all of us teach children. Every one of us. And perhaps you're thinking, but I've, I've never been involved in the children's ministry. I've never done that. Perhaps you're thinking, well, I'm not very good with children. Or maybe you're thinking, I, I don't know that uh, I need to be teaching children. Well, like it or not, you're teaching children. Each and every one of us. Because all of us set an example and all of us have influence on children. You know, when you're seeing them sing up here, one of the things I noticed uh, going into this is that the older ones would even help the younger ones out, no matter what they were doing. Children of all different ages and maturity levels, they're helping one another out. So yes, I'm talking to those of you who are in uh, wagey. You teach children. I've been on mission trips with you where you've encouraged children. But it doesn't just happen on mission trips. It happens here too. And, I, and I've been with some of you who you, um, you may think that you have no influence on children, but you, you may say, well, listen, I, I, don't, I don't bring a whole lot to the game. You know, I mean, I might be, I might be good, uh, you know, serving communion or preparing communion back here. There's a kid watching you and seeing that that matters to an adult. You're teaching. Call me up if you want to argue it with me, but basically I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're teaching children in some way. Even if you're just sitting here on a Sunday and you're being grumpy the whole time you're here, you're teaching children. Yeah. <laughs> you're teaching children. So the, the, really the question is, then what are we going to teach them and how can we be intentional about teaching them? And I'm not just talking about our own kids. I'm talking about all of our kids. All the kids that God has brought to our care. And by the way, if we're going to have example and influence, I want to say this first of all. I'm not talking about moral perfection. Sometimes we think we have to be the perfect people to teach or to work with children's ministry. Well, no, you don't have to be morally perfect. That's just impossible. We've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. There is something called spiritual maturity. And as we grow up, we learn how to manage ourselves. We learn how to take responsibility. And we learn how to admit our mistakes and to address those mistakes with God's grace. And in doing that, we teach children as well. But it's about being intentional in our teaching. And that's the gist of Deuteronomy 6. I want to read this scripture. I invite you to follow along in your own Bible or it's on the screen. Deuteronomy 6, and by the way, um, Deuteronomy means the second giving of the law more or less, that just doing it one time wasn't enough. He was repeating it. It was repetition. It's just as Larry told us about the, the Lord's Supper table. We don't want it to be common, and yet it is something we do every week, but we hear it again as if for the first time. So it is with the instructions of God. We're always learning these. So Moses is saying to the people, and then by extension to us, these are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. 
You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord as long as you live. If you obey all His decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel. I'll wait for the musical accompaniment to you. Sorry. I know it's getting embarrassing. This is so important. I want to do this again. Those mistakes happen. It's no, no harm, no foul. But this is so important. I want you to hear this. Because again, this is the word. Listen closely, Israel. And be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you walk along the road and when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them on your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. We are the people of God, the stewards of the way of God. And I don't want you to think that this teaching is just for old Israel and Moses and that we don't have the law anymore. And Yeah, but we still have the teachings of Jesus. In fact, Jesus in His Sermon on the Mount said, everyone who takes these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise person who builds a house on a solid foundation. And we are those people who put the words of Jesus into practice to live a better way, to live to a righteousness better than that of the scribes and Pharisees. We're a city on a hill that can't be hidden. We're the salt of the earth that brings zest and preservation to the world. We're the light of the world that casts out darkness. So don't you think it's just as imperative that we live out the teaching of God as well? and that we impress it upon our children and impress it upon others, and that we do it just everywhere we go. Not just three hours a week, not just on Sunday morning, but everywhere we go, whatever we do. And you see this in this instruction. Repeat these instructions again and again to your children, to your grandchildren, to the generations that come after you. Talk about them when? When you're at home. Is that all? No, when you're walking down the road. How about late at night? Yes, when you're going to bed. How about when you're getting up in the morning? Then too. Driving in the car. There's a a 21st century update for you. Uh, Put it on your mobile devices, whatever it is. You know, just as as you're going to the restaurant today, make this a part of who you are. That's the meaning behind tie it on your hands, wear it on your forehead. During the days of Jesus, that got taken literally, and people would literally do that. They would tie the Scriptures to their hands and, and wear these uh, uh, devices on their forehead, and they'd have you know, little Scripture flashcards or something on them, and, uh, and, and then they would literally write it on their doorpost. But, but what if we understood what the meaning of that was 
And we began to just wear this like a garment. And it became part of just who we are, part of the language that we speak. Not a special language, but just part of who we are, that it became the wisdom of following God. I think it's bound up in those three words that I want to impress upon you for this month of May. Walk, talk, repeat. There's three words, the simple formula here. Walk, talk, repeat. You know, it's like the instructions they put on the... I never understood why they had to put instructions on a bottle of shampoo. You know, I mean, I, I don't ever remember reading instructions on shampoo saying, now, how does this work? But, you know, it's lather, rinse, repeat. I mean, you get the idea, okay, you know, okay, make it soapy, and then do it again. You know, you rinse it out and then do it again. And um, walk, talk, repeat. In other words, it's the thing you're going to do over and over again. So let's make some notes, okay? Some of you make notes, and if you don't make notes, I'm going to ask you to make notes with me. Walk. What is the walking all about? What does it mean to walk? God's instructions. Well, it has to do with your action, with your behavior. It has to do with modeling. We know that there's a part of following God that has to do with action. What you've done today in worship involves the action part of following God. You, you may think that right now that this is inaction. That's why I, that's why I encourage you take notes, write it in your Bible. Do something. Do something to make this something that you're going to act on. We've had the Lord's Supper. The, Jesus understands the, the walking part of following Him. And so they were having the Passover, which again was meant so that they would not forget what God had done for them. And it all had meaning. And now Jesus attaches new meaning to the bread, new meaning to the cup. It's an object lesson. Every Sunday when you're here and you partake of the Lord's Supper, you're not partaking of some magic, mystical ritual that you'll never understand. You're partaking of an object lesson. You are partaking of the Spirit and the person of Jesus Christ embodied in this. And it becomes an action, a behavior, a practice that you participate in every Lord's Day. And those who've taught you what this means, they're here with us in that communion. Those who've gone on, who we await in the resurrection, they're involved in this, in this practice. We've sung songs. Think of all the energy and the effort and the coordination that goes into doing that. I mean, we don't even think about it sometimes, but you have to breathe in air. You have to, to move it past your vocal cords. Some of you, you don't have to try very hard at all. Some of you, you're just hoping to make something that sounds like a note, you know, and, and that's okay. But all of that works out together, and then we all do it together, and we all connect to one another, and that's action, that's behavior. But those behaviors that have to do with worship then fall over into the other behaviors like giving. Where it might be very personal, but you have to think about what you're giving. You have to think about your behavior. It makes you think about what, you're, what example you're setting. The children set us an example of joyful giving every Sunday. They're teaching us. But every time you give and, and the children around you are seeing you think about that 
as you include them in it, or even as they just watch you, you're showing something. And then when you make decisions about how you spend your funds and your resources, you set an example. It's the way you walk. My father did this for me when I was young. Didn't even know he was doing it. You know, we, uh, we had one of those original satellite dishes. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about those little uh, Frisbees that you put up on your house. You know? These things were huge. This was NASA equipment, okay? And we had about five of them in our cow pasture. These things were gigantic, 12 foot, something like that. And it was all the rage. Everybody get that. And you could pick everything out of the sky, every unscrambled signal that was up there. And the fellow in our region, because you had all these guys that were just selling these things, he came to our house to install one of those, and he, and he put the motor on it, and the motor was broken. And so he told my dad, and I was out there watching this thing. I was fascinated by it. And he said, listen, he said, I can't get this motor to work. I'm going to have to get a new one and install it. But in the meanwhile, do you want me to put it on the satellite that has the Playboy channel? And of course, I'm paying attention to this moment. And my father looks at the guy, and mind you, he's not necessarily that involved in religion at this point, but he just looks at the fellow and he says, no, he says, I'd rather you put it on something I want to watch. And that made an impact on me. Because I thought, you know, people may think that that's important, but my father knows what is best. And it's simple things like that, the decisions and the choices that you make every day that teaches the younger ones. But it's not just what we do, it also must involve what we say. And the talk that we talk has to do with the saying and the thinking and the instruction. I remember talking to both my parents later on about these sort of things, and it was the things that they said that gave meaning to this. Learning that things like pornography, that that's all an illusion and it's false. And it is done to manipulate people. And it's done to sell a product. Again, we fight the temptations, but we learn that those things, what, we learn what they really are because those who've been before us on the path teach us. I was talking to a man this week, texting him, and he's got kids a few years older than me, and I said, uh, you know, thank you for helping me learn how to be a father. And he said, well, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel if you're, um, if you're learning from me. And I said, no. I said, I don't agree with that. I said, you're just a little further down the road. I said, we're like truck drivers. You're a little further down the road, and you're just giving me the smoky report out there, okay? Those who've been ahead of us have a word that we need to listen to. It's called wisdom. And I would add that to your notes on the screen. It has to do with the things that we say, the things that we think, the instruction that we give, or the wisdom that we pass on. And I want to encourage you, no matter what age you are, go to those people who are older than you and are further down the road than you and listen to their wisdom. And listen, those of you who are asked to give that wisdom... If it's okay with you, tell them about the mistakes. My goodness, we learn from your mistakes. 
And those things happen. I mean, all of Scripture is given to us often as the failures of the people of God and how God showed grace, but how they recovered from that. Again, we're not asking for moral perfection. We're asking for people who recognize that there is a better way. They've got a, but they've also learned how to articulate that. And maybe they articulate some wisdom that they've learned from those who are before them. Now, this includes Scripture, and it includes preaching and singing and all of the things that we've learned. But it's important for us to know these things so that we can say them and speak them. And then if we get the walking and the talking together, then we can repeat it. And that has to do with the consistency and the integrity and the intention behind it. It's not just enough to say it once and just say, look, here's everything you need to know. I'm going to preach this sermon to you one time. I'm going to give you this instruction one time. Now remember it. We were talking in our class Wednesday night about um, how people learn through songs. And uh, especially in times past, people would learn through songs because maybe they were illiterate, they couldn't read, but they would remember these songs. And you know, you've learned songs about what to do. You know, there's, there's little songs about, okay, this is going to teach you this if you'll remember this song. The problem with that is, what if you forget the words of that song? Then you're just humming a tune. I've always been that way about the, you know, I, I admit, even in grad school, the little song about the books of the New Testament helped me learn the canonical order. Yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts and Letter of the Romans. That Old Testament song, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. People try to make it into a song. It sounds like some sort of spoken word nonsense, you know. Might as well rap it. I mean, it just it doesn't work. Because unless you repeat it, unless you learn it, unless you memorize it, song or not, you've got to have that consistency. And we've got to have that intention. So a lot of this is about a long, sustained practice in the same direction, doing things over and over again. We do repeat the Lord's Supper. Not that it becomes tired and routine, but that it takes on new meaning every week, just as Larry was encouraging us to do this morning. And by the way, when we string all this together, then you learn that there are, some, there are some, uh, some wisdom out there that's not good wisdom at all. Like, do as I say, not as I do. You have either heard that or you've said that. I'll admit, I've said that. It's wrong. Do as I say, not as I do. You're not getting away with that. I'm not getting away with that. It doesn't make any sense because anybody who says, do as I say, not as I do, is giving up. And they're setting a bad example. They might have the talk part down. They may know what to say, but they're not working the walk and the repeat. You know, you're, you're going to, even as adults, we're going to gravitate towards people. As young adults, we're going to gravitate towards people that we say, you know what? I believe what this person is saying. Why? Because they live it out. Because they put it into practice. Jesus said, anyone who takes these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise person building a house on a solid foundation. But the one who hears these words and does not practice them is like a fool who builds a house on quicksand. We're not going to get away with that, but instead what we're going to do is we're going to 
Write it on our foreheads. Wear it on our hands. We're going to wear it. We're going to live it. Be creative. Maybe, you know, your family, you're one that, and, you know, we've had this. It's, you know, maybe, maybe well, let me say this. Maybe you've had luck with sort of the formal time of Bible study in your family. That's great. Maybe you haven't. Well, don't make it formal. Be creative. Find a way to involve these things somehow in your family. But this is also why we have church. Because church gives us a larger group to work with. I appreciate the fact that, that when my wife and I came here, we, we had a nine-year-old and, uh, and, and we had a five-year-old. And they've grown up now. But they've got a lot of spiritual aunts and uncles and spiritual grandmas and grandpas here. And people who've taught them and people who've shown them and given them an example. And people who've even taught them from their mistakes. And I love the fact that in church we have that environment where we can all do that with one another and teach one another how to live. We need to just practice that. We need to walk it. We need to talk it. We need to repeat it. So my question for each and every one of us then is, how will we be a part of the teaching? There's your key question. It's going to happen whether we want it to or not. We might as well be intentional. We need to walk, talk, and repeat the instructions of God because Jesus even impresses this upon his followers. So now that we've come to this point, what do we, how? How are we going to be a part of the teaching? I'm asking each and every one of you, how are you going to be a part of it? You know, one of the myths that I want to dispel is that children's ministry, well, that's just for the people who are uh, great at teaching or the people who work in public schools or the women. We're going to dispel that myth. Because no one ever said that's the way it's supposed to be. Nobody ever said that's the way it has to be. And I want to encourage you to get involved. I wanna, I've been involved here lately, and I have enjoyed it. And I just do what I can. I bring to the table what I can. And one of the things I can do is invite you to come join me. Some of the leaders of these ministries have told me, they've said, I'm not good at recruiting people. I can do that. Because until I tell them it's time to go to lunch, they have to listen to me. And then, no, 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 we're not going to do that to you. Listen, I, I, I don't, I don't want to make it a pressure. I want to tell you, don't miss out on this. I mean, following Jesus is fun, and there's going to be some things coming up here in the near future that are fun, and I want you to participate in it, but I need to give you information. That's really what I bring to the table. I can bring information to people. Uh, Put it on the screen. Talk about it. Okay, here's how it looks and works in our congregation. It looks something like this right now, and by the way, it changes. It changes over time. These ministries take shape, and we adapt, and we we develop new programs. But right now, because I want to encourage you to ask these good people, these leaders, I want to tell you who they are, and I want to tell you how the children's ministry from birth up to about sixth grade works, okay? We call that umbrella King's Kids. There's also the WAGE, the West Ark Youth Group, and we'll talk about that later this month. But besides, many of you are involved in this. And I love it when our college kids come home from college and some of them go back 
to the king's kids and get involved. I love that. That's outstanding. And if you haven't ever gone back to get involved, but you want to get involved, go ahead. Because we're going to have some good stuff to do. Nancy James, she's in our nursery right now, isn't she? Isn't she in there right now? She's in there right now. And she's been dedicated to this. And listen, what she's at, I've asked each one of them, what is the greatest need in your ministry? She said, I want people to come rock babies. That wouldn't have appealed to me maybe 15 years ago. That sounds pretty good right now. And if one of you wants to come up here and preach, I'll go rock babies. Okay? But since, you know, this is a job, why don't you go rock babies? But Nancy also needs a group of people that she can call upon and just say, hey, I need you. Because sometimes the volunteers, you know, maybe they've got to go out of town or they can't make it or they're sick. And just as Rick Carson has a group of dedicated volunteers that he knows he can call on. I mean, I think we almost had the entire Huff family up here serving communion this morning. That was, that was outstanding. But just as he's got people that he can call on and say, hey, can you come help me with this? Nancy needs that same thing. But she's not going to know that you're one of those people unless you tell her. And yes, men can do it too. Now, I have to say this. One of the things that that, that we do in all of this is, I mean, you don't just show up. We vet you. And for all of your parents, we we do this background check. And it's, it's, uh, I mean, for everybody who wants to get involved. And it's pretty quick and it's online. And there are some... You know, we've got to sign you up. I mean, we have to do that. That's responsibility. But yeah, we want you to get involved if you want to be involved, okay? And if there's any reason you shouldn't, then we'll talk about that. Then you've got your flock. Melody Priester is the leader of our flock. Raise your hand, Melody. I want people to see where you're at. And flock's greatest need right now, now there's something interesting here. Maybe you're saying, boy, I don't know about interacting with the kids firsthand. Okay, you know what flock needs? They're going to redo their area. They want people to adopt a room. Maybe you want to, to design a room, or maybe you want to get involved in the, in, the, in the busy work of painting and putting in shelves or whatever it is. Or maybe you just want to sponsor a room. I want to encourage you to talk to Melody. And yes, we can use volunteers and teachers in the flock as well. Carrie Jenkins. Where are you at, Carrie? Where's Carrie? Is he he working children's worship today? Uh, Carrie Jenkins is over what we call Gateway, second, third, and fourth grade. The other teacher that's in there, and i got to mention this, because we talk about people uh, being married for 50 years or more. We talk about people being uh, 90 years old when it's their birthday or more. There's got to be some way to honor a teacher like Martha Walker, who has been doing this since before there was a West Ark. She imported from Windsor. Martha, I told her this morning, you're the living example of what we're talking about here. Thank you for what you have been doing all these years. If you go work with Gateway, you get to work with Martha and her wisdom. And she can teach you how to do this. Yeah, Martha, just have people come watch you, right? I mean, you know, just have come help out. I'm embarrassing her, okay? So go talk to her. I mean, she's wonderful. Carrie's wonderful. What we need in Gateway is we need a crew of people. We need a crew right there in that group. Uh, We've got Josh and Kim doing this on Wednesday night, right? So we need a crew of people with some creative ideas. And I'll tell you what I'm thinking about with Gateway. 
I'm thinking gateways right next to what we used to call our old computer room. Computers are dinosaurs now. Everybody's got mobile devices. So, you know, but we used to do that. That was one of the creative things that we used to do. But I'm thinking we might turn that, I don't know, maybe we should turn that into sort of a teacher's lounge because they need some prep work too, and it's going to be the funnest class for adults. Is funnest a word? It is now, okay? All right. But I'm just thinking this through, and I want you to be so creative. But, but ask the Lord if he's preparing you to be that help that they need so much in Gateway. Karen Benjamin and Lana Newmeyer are working in Bridge 56, and they need some additional people to help them out even on Wednesday. Bridge 56 is a lot of fun. They're going to get their room made over again, and it's going to be looking new here in the near future. Uh, uh, Jerry Looney's going to be helping with that. But that's a fun group, too. And by the way, do you see the range that we have? All the way, I mean, if you count the baby bottle blessing that starts next week, we've got everything to before birth to sixth grade here. And, you know, that's quite a range. And I think there's something in there that you can be a part of. There's all sorts of creative ways. So you you never know until you ask. And uh, finally... Adrian Martin, you know, I never know what to call her fifth area. I like to call it special teams, okay? Where are you at, Adrian? Where, where's Adrian? Uh, there she's, everybody's pointing. There she is. Okay, here's Adrian. I have to call these people out because I want you to know who to go to. You can come to me and I'll help you, but I'm eventually going to let you talk to these people. And by the way, you're saying, well, I don't know who they are and all that. Get a Facebook account. That's where I got all these pictures was from Facebook. I didn't ask them to use these pictures. They put them on Facebook. That's free, all right? So go on Facebook, Google their name, whatever. You'll find it, okay. Um, But get to know them that way. Meet them. Adrian does special teams because she does all sorts of neat events. Every Sunday is children's worship. And uh, if you've been blessed by that so that you can listen to the sermon while somebody else watches your kids during this time, then... Offer to give back. I mean, all you got to do is give a couple of uh, weeks out of the year. And the more who give, the, the, the less we each have to do. Uh, but at the same time, I want you to have fun with this. We've got some creative things. We've, we've had puppet shows going on in there. And we have intentionally dropped the third Sunday so that we can do stuff with the children in here. But all of these opportunities, we're just waiting for you to be a part of it. You know, we can have all of the children's ministry staff that we want in the office, but a children's ministry and even a youth ministry relies still on the church participating. You can call them volunteers. I would rather call it the church being the church because all of us teach children, not just these five people, not just the folks who've signed up, all of us. So you might as well be intentional about it. Someone taught you what it meant to follow Jesus. Someone taught you about that first step of following Jesus that had to do with being baptized. Chances are you were baptized. I've heard this story a lot. You were baptized because you saw other people get baptized. And that's not wrong. That's okay. You saw other people do that and you thought this must be important. Everybody thinks this is an important moment and you learned that it was important. And then somebody may have taken the time to tell you what it means. If they haven't, I'm going to tell you what it means. It's not your fire insurance or what you have to do so that you don't go to hell. 
What it is, is a death to sin and a new birth to life in Jesus Christ. It's that transition moment. It's that first step in following Jesus. It is a cleansing. It is a birth. It is a death. It is turning away from an old life and beginning a new life. And we become like children. And we get taught. And we grow. Baptism is not that moment where you have to know everything perfectly and thereafter you have to do everything perfectly. We don't expect newborn infants to do everything perfectly. We have no sympathy for parents that say they cry a lot. Yeah, they do that. We know that. Because that's what we're all here for, is to help raise these children. Likewise, we are all teaching children in faith. We're teaching one another. All of us are teaching somebody else. We might as well be intentional about it. I'm going to give you an option right now. If you want to pray with our elders or if you want to make it known that you want to teach, I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk to these five people that you've heard about or talk to me or, who, or any of these elders. They'll direct you. Our elders are also devoted to listening to you. If you need to make that decision about baptism today or if you need to um, uh, ask for prayers so that you can, can walk more closely and be more mature and be more, put the words of Jesus into practice. They'll also be available in that room back there. As you head out that way, there's a room with pews. So let me pray first. Father, I ask that you would bless us, that your spirit would work in us, that you would stir us and call us to action. Father, we need to be intentional about the way that we teach one another. We need to walk the walk, talk the talk, and we need to repeat it every day. And I pray that you would uh, provide what is necessary so that we can continue to be that congregation that blesses children and blesses generations of children and blesses families. And Father, we ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand up? Let's sing this song together. And if you need to respond for anything, let us know.